listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. So you may be seated this morning. A simple message, just a simple message. And I'm going to call it, let me tell you. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Going to read it in a moment. Every one of us faces battles. Every one of us goes through different challenges in life. As long as you are in this world, you're going to face some battles. The Bible says in Genesis 39 verse 2 that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. So let's get it off the bat first thing and say, God is with you. God's hand is upon you. He's got a great future for you. But we have to do what he's called us to do. You see, the truth is we are in this world, not of this world. So we've got to make a purposeful decision not to allow the noise of this world and the narrative of this world become louder than the voice of God. We have to prioritize. I know I'm talking to the converted, but we have to prioritize His presence. We have to prioritize His Word. We have to prioritize God's purpose. When the church is optional to you, it becomes unnecessary to the next generation. So we've got to get back to basics. We need to make church one of our top priorities. I'm laying the foundation. We're going to have to pursue God's presence like never before. Intentionally seeking God. Intentionally declaring the Word. Intentionally fulfilling the purpose of God. So let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be the head and not the tail. You are here to be above only and not beneath. You are here to see goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. You are here to walk in the supernatural favor of God. You are here to be an example to this world. So Matthew 5 verse 13, I'm reading from the message translation. It says it like this. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness, your purpose, and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. Hey, listen, family, the days of being undercover Christians is over. The days of being submarine Christians that your periscope goes up on a Sunday morning and you give a few hallelujahs and a few amens and then you duck down deep for the week again. Those days are over. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. I love this. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I really pray this morning that we get a revelation of who God is in our lives And we get a revelation of our purpose in serving God. We are not here just to be Christianese. You know Christianese? We always say the right things when we're around Christians. 
We always know how to act around Christians. We're very Christianese amongst Christians, amongst ourselves. How are you, my brother? No, bless, praise God, hallelujah, glory to God, gee, da, da, da. We say the right things. But listen, we forget that, our, that, that, that we're not just supposed to be Christians in the church. We need to be Christians in the world. We should be walking in the world, in our workplaces, in our families, and, and shining God's light in dark places, being the salt and the light, being people of influence, being people of substance, that even when you go through a difficult time, you're still praising God. You're still shining His light. Like in Acts chapter 16, I think it's Paul and Silas, they were in prison, but they had a praise party in prison, and God broke them out. People are watching us everywhere, and the jailer gets saved because they're living out their Christian faith in good times and in bad times. We can't just praise God in good times. We can't just serve God in good times. We have to serve God. We have to make a decision to serve God in good times, in bad times, all the time. You weren't just saved so you could go to heaven. Imagine we do the altar call and that's what God wanted. People come and get saved in the front and we can say to them, now just turn to your right please. We're taking you to the slaughterhouse. We're going to send you to heaven straight away. No. You get saved. You get touched by God. You get saved for purpose. You're saved for a purpose. You're saved to be the salt and the light. You're saved to occupy and conquer. You're saved to have dominion. You're saved to rule and reign in this world. You're saved to impact this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, I heard Joshua's uh, uh, offering message. I said to him just afterwards, why don't you just do an altar call? I mean, you could preach. But here's the deal. Peter had a boat. Jesus had a message. Without the boat, the message couldn't go out. Without the message, the boat didn't have purpose. And a life devoid of purpose always leads to destruction. And some of us end up stagnating because I believe one of the things that keeps us running for God is purpose, witnessing to our world about the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the favor of Jesus Christ. How I once was blind, but now I can see. How I once was lost, but now I'm found. We have to preach the gospel like never before. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So often we quote just that part of the scripture. We just go on, verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us. Who's the us? The ministry of reconciliation. He saved us and He gave us something that not only you gain your salvation, but He's now given you the ministry. He's given you a purpose. The ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We're not supposed to be in this world telling people what they're doing wrong. 
We're not supposed to be in this world preaching what is wrong with this world. We should be preaching what is right with God. We should be preaching the gospel, which is good news. We should be telling people that they've got a future that is found in Christ. We get so caught up in all these conspiracy theories. (laughs) All these weird things. I mean, sometimes I hear people say things and I just go deaf to them. Tell me that Jesus loves me. Tell me that God wants to turn my life around. Tell me that I've got a future. Tell me that I've got a hope. I reckon that if the church of Jesus Christ focused on preaching the gospel, there wouldn't be buildings big enough to house all those that are coming to Christ. In Psalm 57 verse 2, New Living Translation, it says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. Psalm 57 verse 2 in the Amplified Version says, I will cry to God most high who performs on my behalf and rewards me, who brings to pass His purpose for me and surely completes them. Proverbs 19.21 ESV translation says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. What is the purpose of the Lord? God, show me your purpose. God, help me in my purpose. Hey, listen, you've got destiny and a purpose. Your destiny is the gift God's given you to fulfill your purpose in Him. Are we Christians? Do you know that Christian means like Christ? Christian actually, we were called Christians for the first time in a book of, uh, in, in a place called Antioch, and it really meant little Christ. It means the people that were following Jesus were behaving like Christ. Well, the Bible says in Luke 19.10 that the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. So when we understand our purpose is the same as that of Christ, to seek and save that which is lost, that's when we become Christians, when we really make a decision to fulfill the purpose of God on this earth. There are people that don't know Christ that you hold the key to their salvation, to their future in Christ. Many of you have probably heard this scripture, or most of us have heard it. If you've been a Christian longer than a couple of months, you would have heard it. And probably one of the most quoted scriptures people give us when we're going through a few challenging times. Romans 8 verse 28, you know it. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God. And some people stop there. You know, my brother, going through some challenging times, all things work together for good, eh? Praise God. I need more than that. I need more than that. Now, I just want to tell you, brother, all things work together for good. No, 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 carry on with the scripture. There's a comma there. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then verse 37, it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I want to give you a few things. And the first thing I want to say to you this morning is no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. I'm going to say it again. With God, all things are possible. When God enters the equation, our impossibilities become possible. No matter what we are facing, 
Mark 10, 27, the Bible says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God... All things are possible. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're facing on the other side of that camera in a different campus. But I want to tell you that if you allow God to enter the equation, He can turn your mess into a message. He can turn your test into a testimony. But many people have seen God intervene in their lives and never share it with other people. If God is for us, who can be against us? When God enters the equation, all impossibilities become real possibilities. When God enters the equation, your victory is guaranteed. When God enters the equation, what people said you couldn't do, you can do. You are not a defeated individual. You're not called to be defeated. You are created and called to be victorious, to be an overcomer. Your sins and your failures have been erased and eradicated by the blood of Jesus Christ and you will overcome every challenge that you face in Jesus' name. You know, it's easy to quote Scripture, but it's nothing to live Scripture. Every man of God, woman of God that achieved something in the Bible had to overcome something. And sometimes we forget that part of living this life is overcoming battles. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes. You are an overcomer as a believer. When somebody says to you, how are you doing? Never reply and say, under the circumstances. Because God didn't ever call you to be under. He called you to be over. You're the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. We have to see ourselves where we are situated, where we are seated in Christ. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, because we have become God's children, we can live in a good way. We can refuse to live like people who belong to this world. We are able to win against the world because we trust Jesus Christ. It is only people who believe that Jesus is the Son of God who can do that. Only they can refuse to live like the people who belong in this world. Hey, listen, family, let's refuse to live under. Let's refuse to live as battle-beaten Christians. Let's be the victorious Christians God's called us to be. When God enters the equation, things change. The second thing I want to say to you today is living a life of purpose brings victory. Living a life of purpose. All things work together for good to those who love God and are the call according to His purpose. If you want to see things work for your good, you have to serve the purpose of God. I mean, I love Joseph's story. Wherever I go, I talk about Joseph because I can relate to him. But Joseph's brothers stripped him of his coat, but they couldn't strip him of his calling. They couldn't strip him of his purpose. They stripped him of his gift, but not his gifting. They stripped him of his uniform, but not his position. In other words, no man or situation can stop God's calling and purpose for your life. But we're not supposed to be complacent Christians. We're the salt and the light. We're the salt and the light. We're the salt and the light. Salt influences. Salt changes things around it. When you enter that room, there should come some positivity because you are a child of the Most High God. When you enter that room, the atmosphere should change because you're bringing the God flavors out of every situation. When you enter that room, 
Darkness should flee because you are the light in this world. We are the salt and the light. We are here to make a change. We're here to make a difference. When, you know, I was in a hotel this whole week in Cape Town at a conference. And, and, and it's amazing to see people in hotels, lifts, how uncomfortable they become. Now, I, my personality just wants to break that awkwardness. I mean, I thought of doing many crazy things in lifts before because I just think, I don't like it. You get in, everybody stands in, they all pull their tummies in. Don't know why. Is the lift too full? There can be three of you, but they all. And everybody like sort of stares in front of themselves. The latest thing is they're on their phones and they just Google something now. So I'll just start talking. I'll just say something like, imagine if we get stuck now. The four of us are stuck together. <laughs> just to create a conversation. I don't like those awkward silences when I preach. I don't like awkward silence. You make a joke and nobody's laughing except the pastor. That's awkward. Or you make a good point. Or you think it's a good point. Everybody looks at you like, and? So this week I got into the lift with a guy. My wife and I and this guy. And I started making jokes with him. Then we started talking. Small talk, small talk. Eventually we stood on the... While we were getting out there, we stood on the sort of platform for about 15 minutes talking about life and talking about Jesus and making, getting his cell phone number so we could have coffee together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We are here to change the atmosphere. We are here to, 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 to ultimately get back to purpose. And when you are living a salt and light, people are going to say, what's different about you? And then you can share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I have hope in this hopeless situation, in this battle that I'm facing. I've got hope because I know the one that, that can enter the equation and turn things around. I know the one that can turn my, my terrible story into a great miracle of victory. I can boast about him. I mean, Joseph says to his brothers in Genesis 15 verse 19, Do not be afraid for I am in the place of God. He didn't say he's God. The pastor didn't say he's God, but we stand as representatives of God. We stand as ambassadors of God in this world. And Joseph says to him, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. God wants to turn that negativity around to save people purpose. You are salt and light so that you can share the purpose of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12, 11 says you're saved by the blood of the lamb and, and, and when last did you share your testimony? When last? Can you remember? Can you remember your testimony? Have you forgotten what the Lord has done? Have you forgotten that you were once blind and now you can see? Have you forgotten once you were lost and now you found? Have you forgotten that He forgave you of your sins, that He gave you a peace that surpasses all human understanding? I made a statement recently and somebody started fighting with me on Facebook or social media somewhere. I said that every person needs a Damascus Road experience. And this guy was adamant to tell me that, 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 that not all of us are like Paul and not all of us need that radical... I said, hey man, you get what I'm getting to. You need a God encounter. You need a God encounter. I was a chief sinner. I did all the wrong things. I was bad. But so were you. My wife looked like a Christian before she became a Christian. She was always nice. She's got worse now since she's been married to me, but she was always nice. And whether it's a Damascus Road experience like I had, 
or a Damascus Road experience like she had, we all need a God encounter and we're not going to get it if somebody doesn't share their testimony, if somebody doesn't talk about the goodness of God. And here's the reality. You're saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. The more you share it, the bolder you become, the more blessed you become, the more victorious you become because you keep reminding yourself what the Lord has done. There was a thing called the Jesus, a movie called The Jesus Revolution that just come out and talks about that movement that took place just around the hippie time, hippies time, late 1960s, 70s, where God moved in America supernaturally. And I met one of the guys that was part of it this week. And when he was telling me what God did, the tears started running down his face, and I could see how his faith was being built, built up. Because there's something about sharing your testimony. We have to share our testimony in this world. We have to lead people to a place where they can encounter God. It's not just about us. When God calls Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, and Moses has died and it's a new season for the nation of Israel, and God's put that mantle of responsibility for him to lead. He doesn't start off with verse 9. Joshua, be strong. Joshua, be courageous because uh, if, if, if you do that, then, then I will make you successful. Now he starts off in verse 6. And he says, Joshua, be strong of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua, the command is because of purpose. The people. People equal purpose. You have to be strong and courageous to lead the people into their destiny. You've got to be strong and courageous to lead the people into their purpose. You've got to be strong and courageous as a Christian to to infect other people. We walk in purpose. When we walk in purpose, all things work together for good. We know all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. When God enters the equation, things change. When we begin to share our testimony and walk in the purpose of God by winning the lost, we walk in victory. I think there's a problem with your clock. Please get it right before the conference. It goes quickly. It's quicker than normal. Slow down. In Jesus' name. We walk in victory by faith. Listen, listen to me carefully today. God created us to be conquerors. I'll say it again. God created us to be the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. He created us to live for Him, to be giant slayers, to be a generation like Caleb and Joshua that says no matter what we are facing in this world, we are well able. We're created in His image and His likeness to walk in victory, to rule and reign. But we have to set our minds on Him. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, message translation again, it says, So here's what I want you to do. Let me tell you why you're here. Well, I'm telling you. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work life, your Peter and the boat life, your business life, your family life, your holiday life, Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. 
Now watch this. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Think. Think. We need Christians that are excited, but we also need Christians that think. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, I mean, like if you support the Blue Bulls now, you're not thinking. Okay, that was a joke. Sorry. It's a carnal sport anyway. Where was I? Don't be so, I don't know how that even came into my mind. It's because somebody asked me this morning if I was a Blue Bulls supporter. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. So what is sharing your testimony, dude? It reminds you. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Listen, Christianity is not a behavioral college. I mean, let God change you from the inside out. Let God convict you. Let God's nudging of His Spirit cause you to change. I mean, when I got saved, people said, you've got to stop smoking. Why? I like smoking. When I got saved the first time I went to church, I stood outside the church, and I, it was the beginning of a month, so I had enough money to buy camels, and I stood outside with my foot on a wall like this, and I used my zipper lighter, and, light, lit, and I suddenly realized I'm the only guy smoking. I felt uncomfortable. And then I tried to give up smoking, and I couldn't because I was trying in the flesh. Now, if you're a Christian who smokes, Good. The packet that you buy every day says there, be careful, smoking's hazardous to your health. You can smoke and still be a Christian. You're still going to go to heaven. You might just get there before me smelling like hell, but you're going to get there, my brother, my sister. I'm not trying to put you under condemnation. I used to smoke leading a home cell, and I used to smoke with toilet spray. So when the people came to my home cell, they couldn't smell that I was smoking. I'm sure they knew I was smoking. But God had to help me. God had to convict me. God had to work on the inside of me. And when God was working in me, it was easy to let go of the things that I was struggling with. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily, readily recognizing what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This is a relationship. It's not a behavioral college with rules and regulations. It's a relationship. But listen to me. We've got to be aware of the world we're living in, and we can't submit ourselves to ungodly traditions of this world and think it's not going to harm us. We can't submit to ungodly ways of our culture. We need to respect culture, but not submit to ungodly ways in our culture. I love the idea of Labola. I do. If you take out the ancestral side of it. I raise my kids. My daughter's turning 21 this year. My son's turning 24 in a week's time. I've put them through university. I've raised them up. I put a lot of money into them. I put a lot of time into them. I've taught them godly ways. And some guy's going to come with a six-pack and take my daughter away from me for free. Forget it. La Bola's a good thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that part into my culture. I'm going to go one step further. He's going to change his surname to my surname. And I'm going to go one step further. The girl that marries my son, she's going to pay the baller as well. 
But when, when, when culture is in opposition to the word, we've got to let go of our culture. We need to respect cultures more than we, but, but not more than what we honor the word of God. We can't mingle and mix Christianity and ungodliness. And I've got to close, but, but, but here, here is what I want to get to. Is a couple of weeks back at the, at the Grammy Awards, um, they, they had a guy singing a song called Unholy. And we don't realize how this world is influencing our children. And they sung the song and they tried to depict the, Satan and all these funny things. And people afterwards were celebrating, Christians included, the creative genius behind the song. And we think that's okay. We allow these things into our lives and the, the wrong music and the, and the wrong movies and the wrong social media. And the truth is what you give your time and attention to decides what you will, what, what will fill your heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Listen, we have to set our minds on God. And we have to share the word of God with our world. And when we walk by faith, trusting God, trusting His Word, declaring His Word, serving Him, I'm telling you, He'll lead you into a place of victory. You are going to face battles. John 16, says, In this world you will face tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. God has given you the tools to overcome the enemy. Your prayer will stop him. Your praise will confuse him. Your peace will paralyze him. Your integrity will disarm him and your resistance will make him flee. And you have authority. You have dominion. You are victorious in Jesus' name. The Passion Translation, 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5, I'm closing with this, says, You see, every child of God overcomes the world. Every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. I want you all to stand with me quickly, please. I want to tell you that God loves you and that God cares about you and that God wants you to walk in victory no matter where you are at, no matter what you are struggling with. God is greater than that situation. If God can save me, if God can heal me, if God can deliver me and He's delivered me in the past, He's delivering me now with battles and I have the faith in God to believe that the future trials I face, He'll cause me to overcome as well. But I had to make a decision to put my trust in Him.